Never had it so good. 101.1 radio, the best R&B and hip hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. 
Talk Radio with the best host in the business. Sports Talk Radio, every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1. And it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshaies is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshaies has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshaies. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshaies, the host of Talk, Love, and Reflection, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Uh, it is important that we realize that there are times when turmoil exists, and we have to work our way through it. Uh, I have been having uh, some difficulty this week uh, with just getting my show on and finding out exactly what we need to talk about and discuss. And um, I'm so happy and pleased that I'm here today. Uh, And I'm just not sure what it is we will discuss or talk about. But the truth is is that in life you have to be prepared uh, to deal with things as they come. Uh, You have to be ready for that moment when you were surprised and uh, not sure of the direction that you need to go in. You know, we work hard and steady on getting ourselves prepared for our day, but there are times when you don't know what is going to happen and you have to think of a whole new strategy to get yourself from point A to point B. And I'm sure that's the way those people are feeling right now after that mass shooting where they had five of their colleagues murdered 
and two wounded, and they went to the work just like it was a normal day, not looking for anything to be out of the out of the normal and looking to just uh, put one foot in front of the other. But sometimes you are not able to do that because something comes out of nowhere and blindsides you, and you have to regroup. You have to re-strategize what it is you plan on doing so that you can make sure your life is continuing ahead in the same direction. And then you have to re-evaluate. You have to do a self-evaluation. A self-evaluation needs to be done as often as you see fit with who you are and the direction you're going and that you're not uh, taking things for granted. And certainly we have to recognize that there are situations that we're not in control over, and once they happen, we have to be prepared to move on. Uh, D, it is so important that we recognize that we're not always in control and that people around us are not always looking uh, to to make sure your best interest is at heart. That sometimes they that there are people who are seeking to destroy the peace that you may feel every day. And for no reason whatsoever. You know, we have this guy who went into this um, news place, and because they told the truth, but did not tell it in the way he wanted it to be told or to be told at all, he found it necessary uh, to take the lives of five people and wound two others. So now uh, people's lives are totally destroyed. Everyone in that company can't feel comfortable about just going to work and thinking the day is going to be a normal day. Uh, so the truth is that no day is truly normal because we're always dealing with conflict and trying to resolve what it is that's going on in our mind. So how, how do we live every day knowing that every day can be changed in a matter of seconds? Well, good evening, James. Uh, glad to have you back on the show. Uh, tremendous. Uh, subject matter. Um, this is um, a subject that I think we should tackle uh, because it's, it seems to be a part of the new normal. Um, it's life interrupted as we once knew it, uh, as we were, once was comfortable with it being. Uh, now life seems to demand that we do uh uh, diligent maintenance on our that's what and that's what you're you're talking about maintenance um, with oneself to stay connected to some kind of sanity uh, to a to a, a higher power now the reason I, I call it a higher a higher power um, I learned in drug rehab that if um, if a person wanted to be reached, and in order for the recovery process to be effective, it had to be uh, neutral. Uh, it had to be neutral in its approach in order to uh, obtain the interest of the individual that's seeking help. 
had they went along the lines of Christianity only, uh, there was a danger of turning some people off. So when you speak about how to maintain sanity in a mad, mad world, we have to come to an understanding that uh, there is a power greater than myself. And and I seek that power, that greater power, to be omnipotent and in control of everything. Uh, even when it comes down to uh, persons uh, being person being brutally murdered, um, there's a harsh reality that God allows things to happen. And that's a harsh reality. But we've always heard that. Um, but, you know, we have to also step into the realm of knowing that the consciousness that we are aware of here, and we call it life, is only borrowed, is only loaned to us. You see, uh, this is not something that is that we will have a grasp of for a long for a long period of time. Uh, this is just long to us. Now the, the problem is we get accustomed to things while we live, and we get accustomed to being um, a part of. So when it comes down to life being interrupted, that's that's what throws us in turmoil. But to get back to the point of that God allows things, it was explained to me, and I have to share this. I had to give this back because it was given to me at no charge. It was explained to me that God allows things to happen so other people can learn how to live. So when you talk about how do we get through this, it, it's, it's called daily maintenance of staying connected, Staying, uh, doing a self-inventory of oneself, the things that I seem to want to control, the subject matter of things that seem like I want to control and I can't, and I need to come to a real understanding that some things I can control, some things I can't, and I need to understand the difference of the, of the two. So, again, quickly, what you're speaking of is life on life terms, not my terms. And that's what it is, a life on life terms. And so we have to come to a, a place to a, a place in space where one of the key things that we can use to be to better adapt, and that's a key word also, to be able to adapt. One of the key rules that we can learn to better adapt is the rule of acceptance. And with that, we sleep better at night and we stay connected. And and by doing so, uh, we can um, have faith, practice our faith with action, and things will be normal until who knows. But I think that's the answer I want to give. Thanks. You know, it is amazing to me that a lot of times the things that we are unaware of can be uh, tragically impact our lives, you know, uh, and we don't know all the blessings that we're given. Uh, I can remember my uncle telling me a lot of times people don't know how blessed they are because the blessing comes uh, so invisibly to their life. You know, when you are late for a meeting and uh, something tragic happens at the intersection before you get there, 
or you find yourself uh, a little ill and you don't go to work that day, you know, you don't know how many times that has happened that you were just kept away from the dangers of life uh, because of the simple things that happen to us each day. And then you have to deal with the fact that good people, for whatever reason, find themselves in the midst of tragedy and unable to survive whatever happens for no fault of their own. And it lets you know that sometimes the peace that we have, because we don't know the time nor the hour, it gives us a, 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 a type of peace that allows us to live in the, in the constant turmoil that is around us. Uh, because we're constantly dealing with people, D, who are capable of doing things outside of the norm for no good reason. You know, that man didn't have any good reason to walk into that place and start shooting people with shotguns. And so, and and that goes on every day in America, that somebody wakes up and decides that they're going to have the final say in the life of somebody else is so that they have that right. Okay, let me uh, touch on something first before I get to that because I do want to get back to that. You know, the perfect example of what you're talking about is, you know, when uh, we've heard uh, things like, you know, like you just said, uh, you you are connected in some kind of way where, you know, you may fall ill or you may feel ill and say, well, I'm not coming to work today or I might be five minutes late or ten minutes late, and it's all for some uh, for a perfect reason. Look, the best example of that in our lifetime was uh, 9-11, where some people went to work, some people didn't go to work. Some people made their flight to go to the Twin Towers. Uh, Some people missed their flight. Uh, Some people, everybody went to work thinking it was going to be a perfect day. And then before the day was over, they had to jump out the windows to their death to keep from being burned alive. And so... You know, I think when when we talk about this man that went to work, went to uh, this radio station, and tried to sway the opinions of others, it says to me that he was grossly disconnected with some kind of reality. Um, you know, and the and the talking heads—that's what we like to call them—people like Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity. Their their ratings depend on people like that people who don't have no opinion or people who don't have no identity. And so uh, they depend on people uh, like that to to absorb everything that they say. And there are a lot of people like that. So, you know, we we as a a race and and, and as as a human race, you know, uh, this, this, this realization of embracing um, our existence, it goes beyond racial lines. Uh, this is a gift that God has given humanity in itself. And so I got this saying, you know, that life is good once you learn how to live it. And so 
Um, that's 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 the category that this man fell in. He had a huge disconnect and a discord with life itself. And so, uh, and there you have it, you know. Um, and and he took the power of a firearm, the, the destructive power that firearms can deliver, and and used it in a in a negative manner. And so, uh, you know, um, and that's my answer for that. Thanks. And and you you're so right when you say um, life is um, is great once you you are able to learn how to live it. You know, the point is that all of us have moments when we're upset when things didn't go our way, and but we don't look to right what was wrong by us by going out and making life even worse for others. I, I saw this strange situation on a video the other day, and it was hard and difficult for me to understand how ugly and arrogant people can be about the people they love, but not see the need to show compassion for others. Uh, the, The video showed a man going to jail for murdering someone else, but yet he was smiling and laughing at the people who had lost their child. And as he left the courtroom, his people turned to the the victim's family and told them that we hate you. And I'm sitting here thinking, now the victim's family had nothing to do with the attitude or behavior of the young man who thought it was necessary to rob somebody. But the parents and the sister of the perpetrator somehow wanted to feel hatred for the victim as though it was their fault son got caught and that he's going to live the rest of his life in jail. But yet not understanding that he made a choice. And each and every day that we wake up, we make choices. You know, we have to... to make sure that we don't allow people to take us out of our our comfort, our peaceful place, and bring us into their foolishness, into their turmoil. So, D, you know, we, we have to be not only diligent in our efforts to remain under God's umbrella, but we have to be diligent about not allowing people to come under that umbrella and drag us out. Well, Jane, you know, um, you make an absolutely great point because, well, once we've learned how to find our zone and to find the, our lane that we can cultivate and, and nourish to where we can develop something meaningful, there are people that are too lazy to research how to do this or they're too lazy to participate and to maintain some kind of self-awareness and self-maintenance to where they can find some peace themselves and they will come into your life and try to interrupt your peace. They don't know how. 
you know, it's it's like faith. It's just like faith, and I and 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 this is this is one of the crusades that I have to uh, partake, and 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 helping people understand that faith is not something that you just wish for, and sit back and wait for it to happen. Faith is 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 an action, and momentum has has life to it. You know, if you if you're doing if you're doing wrong, the the momentum of doing wrong going well. Uh, initially, uh, uh, help you to end up in jail. If you continue to do right, and then the momentum will bring good things your way. You know, you uh, sent a text. Uh, I think it was Friday about uh, the young man that was shot by the police, and I don't know if we had a chance to talk about it, but I think maybe we did. But the point of the matter that I'm going to bring about that that is that even though the the rookie police made a tragic um, uh, mistake in doing so. The guy was in wrong company in doing so, which brought about his demise. However, for the officer to kill him and shoot him in the back, even though the guy was acting in a felon and in a uh, in, in wrongdoing, he actually cheated God the opportunity to make a difference in that young man's life. See, that's how powerful that is. You know, so, um, you know, so when the parents want to blame the victim about we hate you, but if the, the failure to the to the child is the parents. However, God has a way that he will allow that child to go through things and the hope that he will come to a point where his life would turn around for the better. So when somebody snuff out another person's life, they, they actually cheat God their opportunity to make that person right. Thanks. You're so right in that. You know, we wish that everyone could look or view life in the same manner, but we really know that there are people who who don't have a true understanding of why we're going through what we're going through. And they're always seeking to blame other the people uh, for their shortcomings and want to use other people to lift themselves up instead of finding out what it is that God has for them so that they can make their lives better. Nobody else can be responsible for your existence but you. You can't look for other people to make the path that you're going on easier without you blending what it is that you have to the process. You know, we talk about one hand, you know, lifting somebody up. It's okay for me to lift you up if you're not going to drag me down in the process. You should not be lifted up by using your ability to bring me to my knees. That's not what it is. We all need to be made whole at the end of the day of our interaction. But so often there are people who somehow or another believe they have the right to use your life as their ladder and not see the need to build their own ladder. Well, you know, uh, there, uh, 
you know, there have been plenty of instances where people uh, will go out of their way, and Miss Miss uh, Cheryl spoke about this the other day, uh, where she just has the spirit just to go out and help people, and she has come uh, very aware that people don't have the same intent when it comes to her. Uh, so, uh, you know, so we do things because for our own betterment. And that's where we believe that what we do for others give momentum back to us in, in the long run that God's favor is going to be shined upon us. And I do believe that. Um, you know, the people that I meet, I it's my end to leave a lasting impression on that person. Because, you know, when a person dies, when a person dies, you you remember them by the impression that they left on uh, left with you. If a person left a negative impression with you and that person dies, for the for the most part you can care less. But if a person leave a lasting positive impression with you, that's what that's what stays with you, like your parents and your grandparents and people that has your best interests at hand. So, and that's the service that we speak about, the service work that we speak about. That's, that's the purpose of your show. Um, you are trying to um, uh, help people help themselves, and that's what we're talking about. You know, so when it comes down to, uh, yes, wanting to lend a helping hand but for the fear that somebody would drag you down, that's just like the metaphor of, the, of a drowning person. It's been said to me, and I've heard in, in my childhood, where uh, uh, one, of, one of my childhood friends uh, drowned, and his cousin tried to save him. He used to swim in, in the river. Uh, they did. I did. And, uh, and so his uh, cousin was drowning, and he tried to save him, and he came back to, to say that he had to let him, he had to kick him off because a drowning person will pull you down with him. And right. I think most life bulbs will tell you if a person is really drowning, you have to let him pass out first. And then you can better save them because if you don't, their 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 struggle for life will actually grab you, and and you both will end up in trouble. So that's that's the same thing in life. A person got to want to be saved in order in order to save them. We uh they used to say in the rooms of recovery. I, I love that program. <laughs> that program saved my life. They said in the rooms of the uh, uh in the rooms of recovery. They said the the door swings both ways. Nobody made you come here. This way, this, the same way it swung in when you came in, you can swing out if you don't want to take what it, what it takes to stay in, in this program. And they used to always say, if you're going, to, if you hear this is occupied seat, please get up. Because somebody else needs that seat. Somebody else really wants that. And that, and that's where that's where reco- that's where recovery in life is. I mean, it, it don't have to be drugs. It could be anything. But you got to really want it in order to get something out of it. Thanks, James. D, you know, we, we are challenged, and you talk about why why do we make this commitment to this show. And the commitment is made because we want to start a dialogue that talks about the things that are going on around us that all of us see need some solution. And uh, we, in talking about it, it gives us the opportunity uh, to try to figure out what is going on in our lives that 
have young people and older people as well doing things that are not in their best interest. Ten years at the corrections, at the jail, trying to help inmates. And some of those inmates refused to see uh, the solution that I was trying to offer them through education. And the other thing is, is that we are somehow believing that we have the ability to overcome that which a lot of people have fallen short. Uh, You and I and others have talked about how our society looks like it's headed to the wet place where all 50 states are about to legitimize and make legal marijuana. And there are people out there willingly to say that marijuana is not a gateway drug. And I find that that to be so crazy because normally when we ride a ride or ride, uh, uh, go to a, a movie enough times, we grow tired of it. But when you don't find happiness and joy in your life, or your ability to live every day, and somehow you need some outside substance uh, to make your existence more comfortable, it suggests to me that there is something missing within you. Uh, Because when you can't enjoy a drama-free day, and that be enough, you need something to take you to a point of euphoria which is outside of yourself, then that tells me there's something you don't like about yourself. There's something missing in you that needs needs somehow you to to take yourself to another place that makes you feel better. And the world or the United States is saying, okay, we give in. We're going to allow you to have that which you say you need in order to make your life better. Well, James, you know, um, you're right. They, they they have given in again. They've given in again without thinking the thing all the way through. Um, this is the worst mistake. I, I can't think of, of, of a worse mistake in recent history than to do that. And they want to say that legalizing medical marijuana is going to be the first. Well, let you know, last I checked, most of these grandparents and things that will have these, the need for uh, medical marijuana, they have kids, grown kids and grandkids. And I want to tell you that granny ain't going to get that marijuana like they think, like they think she will. The kids will abuse her uh, access to this drug. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, America has this thing where, you know, if if a profit can be made, then they will they they'll take the lead, and 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 that's what they did with with the current administration. You know, if a profit can be made, we'll take the lead, and they said that. You know, they don't care no about moral values. We we rather take it. We just want to make money right now, and we'll deal with that later. And I think that's the same issue, they, the same stance that they've taken with this uh, marijuana issue. Thanks.
Yeah, and you know, and what's crazy is that what is suggested is that whatever is better for the country, because you see places like Colorado and um, California and Florida is on its way. These people are willing and prepared to make money off the backs of those people who find it necessary every day. So what you have is just like the lottery where people play every day to try to win. This is just another way for the money to be funneled from the poor back to the rich. You know, because the rich is always prepared and watching to see what it is that they can produce or create that makes poor people think they got to have it. So they were willing to give every dime they got to get it, same economic situation they're in. Uh, let me just share a story with you, uh, D. You know, we talk about how difficult it is to save money and put ourselves out of economic peril. But I've had the experience of watching someone that I know have to raise and collect almost thirty plus thousand dollars in the men in the, in a matter of two years to give to a lawyer in order to protect and as I watched that I thought to myself, why could not he had done that same thing for himself? Now he raised that thirty plus thousand to to have a defense for his son it meant that his the 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 mother of his child and he had to move in to share expenses to raise that money. But I just asking you, why wouldn't you look to do that in your own best interest? So many people say, Oh, I don't have that money, I don't have that kind of money until something tragic happens and they have to do something incredible to make it happen. But you can do it then but you can't do it when it's in your own best interest. I find that so amazing. Well, uh, you know, I I think that um, that's probably uh, in in the uh, in the event of the father, I think that's probably a learned behavior. Uh, it's like life insurance. Um, some people don't want to talk about or even uh, discuss the fact that they're gonna need life insurance. Uh, for their kids, and, you know, and you know now, especially people of color. Now, white people, uh, in my experience, that uh, they use the benefits of life insurance to give their kids uh, a running start, a good a good hand up, a good leg up. Uh, but when, uh, but being the fact that a lot of subjects are taboo in the black community, that they won't even discuss some issues. Uh, and life insurance being one of them, when it could be a great inheritance to leave your kids to get to give them a, a running start, of going into adulthood, or uh, you know to start our own business or or, or or side business. So, you know, and, and so it makes you wonder. No wonder our community struggle so much 
and so often because we we have a we place a lot of uh, stipulations and and barriers on ourselves. You know, uh, there are a lot of people. Now I'm just going to throw this out there, and you know, and I, I just at, for the topic of discussion one day, a lot of people believe in black magic and, and voodoo and all that. And what that does when I hear that it it poses barriers on yourself. It stifles your opportunities to do better, and what it does, it gives you an excuse that to blame when things don't go your way. And then people live, they, they settle in that belief system, and and there's no different, there's no growth in that. So, um, and I say that just, just to say that uh, people will impose stipulations on themselves that will stifle their growth. And and I think that's the only point I want to make. Thanks. And you, you're right. They should not have have some things are just simple, uh, simple decisions. And I remember, and I'm sure you remember when the insurance man used to come by with the little book in his hand, and he convinced uh, a lot of African Americans that they should purchase this insurance. And uh, they did it, uh, but somehow now we don't want to to live beyond our lives. You know, uh, having a legacy gives us the opportunity to make provisions for those we create. And somehow, some people believe that they don't owe their children anything. And I believe I owe my child everything, everything that I possibly can give her, she is deserving of. But yet some people don't believe their children are owed anything, and they'll do everything for their grandchildren, but they don't want to believe their children are owed anything. I'm not sure how I understand that. Well, you know, Jane, that that's the part I'm talking about, you know. But, you know, uh, I, I, uh, I dabble in the uh, profession of uh, selling insurance in the, in the early 80s. And uh, had I stayed focused well enough, I probably would have made good at it. But one of the strategies in selling life insurance is you don't sell life insurance to the to the husband. That's not who you're selling life insurance to. You sell, you sell life insurance to the, to the wife because when you make an appointment, when when life when a good agent make an appointment to go and visit a family, uh, if the wife is not there, there's no point. There's no point in going because a man uh, or some men have a tendency to uh, say, "Well, let me think about it." But a good salesman sells the idea that once your husband leaves here, then all the bills, all the debt, and all the needs are going to be on you. Wouldn't it be better thought? Wouldn't it be a better thought that if you all were to take set amount of dollars a month, and then in some cases you had to put it down, you had to divide it to where they they could really understand it. For the price of a happy meal, for a price of a, of a lunch, five dollar lunch a day, you can have such and such and such amount of insurance when, and not ill, but when your husband dies. And so the wife has to think about that because, you know, uh, if, if the husband or if both those income is the thing that's providing for them, then when one of those incomes is interrupted, 
there's going to be a, a huge need to to sustain the lifestyle that they're accustomed to. So, uh, yeah, so we got to do a better job. And that, and on your show, uh, I have heard you have guests on, like Ms. Gresham, and, and I miss her, and, uh, and other professionals to come on uh, to try to explain the necessity in this idea. So uh, maybe going forward, we can find those people back and uh, have them come back on the show again. Well, part of that is also in the book that we hold so dear in our Bible. So life is in the Bible and and shows you what it is that you need to do in order to create good circumstances. And so also you can find it in the lives of the people in your family. You know, I believe that my my mother's side of the family has shown a lot of fortitude in making available money after death. But the opposite was found in terms of my father's father uh, made a great deal of money but left very little after his death. And the same with his father. So very little legacy was remained after their death other than instilling in me and in other grandchildren the ability uh, to make a living. But more than that was was saved on my my mother's side of the family, where we have uh, 100 acres of land in South Carolina where wood was cut off the land and provided income. And so, you know, we have to really ask people how, what kind of life do they want to live? Is it the kind that people have to take up a collection in order to bury you? Or that people can uh, smile through the tragedy of your death and see a, a, a greater light at the end of the tunnel? I want to live, leave a bright light at the end of the tunnel for my daughter. And I would hope that most people would want to live that way, D. Well, we can only hope that uh, they do, and I and I do believe that they do. Um, um, uh, I, I'm kind of convinced now, um, through my journeys in life, that demographically, uh, people hold these ideas differently um, in the. Southeast and in, in, in the deep south where we are, um, that ideology is is, uh, is not as uplifted as we would hope. But I think in California and certain other parts of the country, uh, Black Americans uh, are mindful of the need to leave a legacy for their kids. Um, my dad was uh, was estranged from my mother uh, when I was fifteen, uh, but when he died. Actually, I was shocked to know that uh, he had um, uh, a, a modest but nice uh, insurance policy with me and my brother as a beneficiary. Uh, that actually uh, prompted me to have the same mindset. Um, you know, it just um, it, it showed me that even though that they, they were not together and divorced, that he still was mindful of his kids. And uh, and so and when you spoke about 
the investment that the person could have made in, in himself, the person that you spoke of in an example, the investment that he could have made in himself, uh, that's the investment that I made. Uh, I took part of that money and, and bought me uh, certain equipment that I always aspired to, and, I, and I'm still doing it. And that was like almost 20 years ago. And so uh, we have to uh, help our kids, uh, our relatives, and, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to teach old dogs new tricks, you know, and when I say that, I'm speaking about uh, the older people that we know uh, that, that seem not to know or be aware or seem to be caught in their own way of understanding. But I think the challenge in life is to try to find ways to reach them because if we're not doing that, then what are we doing? Uh, if we're not doing that, then we're just as bad as the other guy that's not even trying to make a difference. So uh, it is uh, my understanding, it is my pleasure, and it is my joy to try to reach people. Um, I'm, all, I'm always trying to find better ways to deliver that message. And so your show, James, you give me plenty of practice, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, without a doubt, you know, we want to establish a platform that makes life worth living, not only for ourselves, but for everybody that is willing to listen and share. Uh, you and I and all the others who come on on a regular basis don't have all the answers. And we're always looking for people to give us more information uh, so that we can better ourselves. And every day is an opportunity to make life better. And so we have to take into consideration the fact that some individuals don't want to get better for them an opportunity regardless if they want to get better or not. And that's what I have been doing all of my life is trying to share what it is somebody gave me so to make life better for others. We're going to take a short break and we'll come right back and continue our conversation. So, what do you want to do? I'm here, baby. I'm ready for you. I'm waiting on you. Believe me. I am patiently waiting. Ellen. 
But I just want to say that gentrification is real, and gentrification by any means necessary is real. And things that you see on television, um, these mob movies and things like that, they're nothing but um, replications of real life. We now have drones circling our neighborhood and other um, other things, surveillance mechanisms, trying to catch who's setting these fires. The last fire, no, the three fires ago, a body was found in a house, and that person was already deceased when the fire was set. So I'm just asking for your prayers as we try to sort through this here in Columbia. Uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, did you hear that uh, the young man who killed the nine people in the Baptist church in, uh, in South Carolina, that his sister was having some problems and she had been arrested? Yes, that happened this, this school year. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, maybe in oh I know when it was it was it was in December it was in December right before we went home for spring um sorry winter break yes she was um she was attending a, a high school one of our high schools in fact the high school that my daughter went to when she was in school and um, they had it was that national walkout day. Uh, remember that day when everybody, all the high school students walked out to protest uh-huh. something? And she put something on Twitter saying um, the only people who were going to walk out were the blacks, and they better be careful walking out there. And it was a mess. It was a mess. So, yes, sir. I tell you. It is it is it is interesting how some of that stuff is running in families that uh people are being taught that kind of hatred uh for people of another color. It's pretty amazing. Uh Dee, what is your final thought for this evening? Well I guess another great show, James and Mr. Dina Nice to hear your voice on the show. Uh, but another great show, James, and I uh, appreciate your, what you do and appreciate your time. And God bless. Well, we, we're going to continue to look uh, for more opportunities to have a safe and have trust. And this is what we got to do, and we cannot falter from our commitment and dedication uh, to make sure that we talk about the things that need to be discussed. I will see you guys tomorrow at 8.30 p.m., and we're going to make sure that we talk about what is needed to be discussed, not only for the press, but for future as well. Take care, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow at 8.30 p.m. We got it together, didn't we? We've definitely got our thing together, though. 
mean, really, when you really sit and think about it, it's really, really nice. I can easily feel myself slipping more and more away into that super world of my own. Nobody but you and me. We've got it together, baby. Bye. 